Will Thursday's Hall of Fame game have any bearing on tonight's Fantasy Pros Championship? Spoiler alert, probably not. Who is going to be the big faller in round one tonight? And can Dave Terpoli put together a million-dollar squad this evening on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour? Follow along with the live draft board tonight, along with our pick-by-pick analysis as we call the action from tonight's 2023 Fantasy Pros Championship to see if one of these 12 teams will be winning a million dollars in the Fantasy Pros Championship FFPC this year. We've got a great show for you. Dave Terpoli is drafting, and he's here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings to all you Balkaholics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host and uh, my co-host, and I'm going to bring him in shortly, uh, is actually drafting for $1 million as we cover the 2023 uh, Fantasy Pros Championship live here on the HSFF Hour. A uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Uh, feel free to post any questions uh, you might have in there. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Eric Balkman. The show is at HSFF Hour. Uh, Dave Terpoli, my co-host tonight, is at Dave Terp. And remember to uh, connect with us at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour as well. Try to get through all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails. Uh, throughout the program tonight. I want to thank uh, the hard work of our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce. Okay, let's bring him in right now and I'll bring up the draft board as well. Dave Terpoli, how you feeling? You feel like a million bucks tonight? I really do. I mean, the intro gets me tanked every time I listen to it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. So you are picking from the 10 spot tonight, correct? I am. I'm correct. I'll be up in one pick now. Okay, so you're going to be up in one pick. Let's. I'll give everybody the lay of the land here shortly. By the way, if you want to win a million bucks in the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship, please do so. MyFFPC.com is where to go uh, for that. And we got the. We still got the weekday giveaway going on right now. So if you guys go ahead and register for any of the drafts that we still have going on tonight, the 11 o'clock or the 11:55, uh, you'll be eligible to be in the drawing for a free Fantasy Pros Championship draft uh, this season. Um, so you can you have another free chance to win. A million bucks. We encourage you to, to do that. We encourage that type of behavior here on the show. I am still waiting to get my uh, computer, one of my computers up with the screen. I thought I had this set before the show, but apparently I didn't. So my apologies. Terp, you're drafting at the 10 tonight. We'll get to your pick in a second. Can you tell us a little bit when you knew you had the 10 pick, who you were thinking about targeting there? I, mean, I was hoping there'd be a Cooper Cup slide. Um, I love buying dips, you know, especially during this little injury period we have going on with Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, you know, et cetera, obviously Cooper cup. So, I mean, he went two picks before me. So that's a little bit of a bummer. I was hoping there'd be a little slide, but my whole target the whole night was, was going on was I'm not saying, you know, St. Brown, I can't even say his name, St. Brown. Detroit. <laughs> I said it a thousand times, but that was my target the whole time. So that's the guy I got and I'm, I'm thrilled with it. And we're going to keep this going and hopefully not get too uh, crazy with, receivers 
First round is complete tonight. The participants in tonight's uh, draft, the Yum Yums owned by Tom Smith from the one spot, uh, ended up taking Justin Jefferson. John Terry's squad at the two took Jamar Chase. Travis Kelsey was Nicholas Wickoff's team. Uh, the Night's Watch takes Travis Kelsey, the first tight end off the board at the 103. Our good buddy Rich Billiou ends up taking Tyreek Hill in the cleanup spot. He goes up to 104 tonight. Christian McCaffrey to Justin Cox. That's Kilmer's Coyotes. And I believe uh, Hawley is also drafting with Cox tonight. I have to verify that. Maybe Justin wants to pop in and he can let us know or just pop in the in the chat. Um, Adam Greenberg for Karsiyaka. I knew I was going to butcher that name, and I did. Karsiyaka is team six tonight. That's Adam Greenberg, and he ends up going with Bijan Robinson. Stefan Diggs off the board uh, to uh, King State Kings after that. Then you're looking uh, at uh, the Marinis. That's Louis Marinis. Uh, he ends up taking uh, Austin Eckler. Or no, beg your pardon, Cooper Cup. Austin Austin Eckler is Cool Hand Book Eight. That is Matthew Book Squad from the nine spot. Amon Ra St. Brown to Terp, uh, who you just heard him take. Whistle Pig, that's Eric Henley squad. He ends up going with CD Lamb there at the 111. AJ Brown off the board to Yvonne Lindauer's pick. Uh, that's the 112. That's your first round tonight. We're already kicking off uh, round two here. Tony Pollard at the 201 to Yvonne Lindauer. Then you're looking at Garrett Wilson at the 202. And then the Mickey Mouse Club, Dave Tripoli's squad. Who did you pair with Amon St. Brown here at the 203, it, man? It would be Mark Andrews. I mean, he's a guy that I've been trying to target a lot more. Obviously, in the tight end premium, it's more of a managed league. Getting a guy that you can start every week is a little bit more important than best ball, which is my usual streets, where you can take a bunch of guys and just need one. Um, I like Mark Andrews. I was hoping that CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown came back to pair with, you know, St. Brown, but it didn't happen. Uh, Tony Power was also in consideration. I like Garrett Wilson, but I'm just trying to mix up exposure a little bit. So Mark Andrews is a guy that I don't have that much of and fits perfectly with the with the overall thought process of tonight. I think that's the other thing, too, is, is uh, there's a lot of other drafts out there that become so formulaic after a while. Um, but because we do have a few high-volume players mixed in, with a lot of the you know the more casual players, and I hesitate to say casual because you're playing at the FFPC, you take fantasy football seriously, but you have a lot of these people coming in right now, and it gets less formulaic because of um, volume drafters want to have different exposure to, to different players, right? And I think we see a perfect example of what Terp does here at the at the 203 tonight. Now, Mark Andrews' average uh, draft position normally is the 207, so it wasn't that big of a reach. But these are the wrinkles that are thrown into an FFPC draft because of all the different ways that you can build it. Uh, Terp taking Mark Andrews at the 203 definitely throws a wrinkle in here for everybody else. Let's get into the uh, uh, the second round after the Andrews pick. Cool hand book eight. Matthew Book goes running back, running back to start. He's the only team to go running back, running back tonight as he goes Eckler and Nick Chubb. Saquon Barkley, uh, after that to uh, Louis Marini's, um, to, yeah, he gets Cooper Cup and Barkley. Then you're looking at Jalen Waddle, the King State Kings, Devontae Adams to Karsiaka. Kar God, I got to start calling that team Adam Greenberg because I'm going to butcher that <laughs> name every single time. Uh, Devontae Adams to pair with his Bijan Robinson, Kilmer's Coyotes, that's Cox and Hawley there. Chris Olave to go with Christian McCaffrey. Ironically, the KFFSC draft I'm in right now, first two picks, Christian McCaffrey and Chris Olave. Kind of weird how that worked out. Power sweeps. Uh, Rich Billu ends up going with Derrick Henry at the 209. Ramondre Stevenson off the board at the 210. Devontae Smith to John Terry at the 211. And then T. Higgins to Tom Smith's Yum Yums. Uh, Yum Yums is the final pick of the second round. I look at uh, this draft here, and, and, and Terp, I know John Terry's on the clock right now, but holy cow, 
these these two teams here are, are very close uh, as far as construction goes so far. Five picks, five receivers. Now Jalen Hurts off the board at the 302. But you got to wonder what Terry and Smith are going to do to each other here going forward, uh, given that they both started receiver, receiver, and Smith started receiver, receiver, receiver. 100%. It's definitely a worry being at the end of the draft, especially in these managed type of leagues where you have to start two guys. Uh, you get too crazy with a receiver, which – I have in the past. So, I mean, you start off four receivers, sometimes five receivers or five receivers in the first six rounds. It's more of a best ball strategy because you have to start four. Mm-hmm. So you could put yourself in a world of hurt and, and having some tough lineup questions and also being really weak at other positions. So try to be a little more flexible in these, um, not try to build too crazy with the receivers, but we'll see how the board falls and, and we'll try to be make the best pick possible. Uh, Tony Pollard, is that uh, where you would consider him? I mean, like, let 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 me ask you this: If a Pollard would have been out there at the two hundred three, a guy that I know you like quite a bit, would you have still taken Andrews there, or would you have taken Pollard to go with St. Brown? I have a lot of Pollard so far, so I probably would have took Andrews. But like, if you're asking me if I had one main event team and one main event team only, and this was my only draft, would I take Andrews or Pollard? It would be Pollard. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Derrick Henry goes off the board tonight to Rich Billu at the two hundred nine. I was telling. Um, uh, Nate Polvote, who I, I just did the High Stakes Fantasy sh- uh, Football Show with on the Better Sports Network a couple hours ago, I was telling him I drafted Derrick Henry in like 2021 in the first round saying, all right, this will be Henry's last good year and I'll, I'll have him. And here he is, Terp, still going in the second round of 2023 drafts. He's uh, still two- a monster and he's not yeah. slowing down. And, and so that's my question here. You would still be taking Derrick Henry at the end of the second round, right? 100%. I mean, I think the Hopkins thing helps him. More than anything, I mean, it, it really just sets up perfectly for him, you know, a lot more, you know, room in that box and hopefully the offensive line holds up. That's a big worry right now because the offensive line is pretty terrible. But, I mean, Henry's a, a tough guy to fade, to be honest with you right now. I mean, especially he's pretty much stuck at that end of the second round. I could see him moving up a little bit. I don't think you'll see much of him in the preseason, but it's definitely a good pick where he's getting selected. Take you through the third round here of this Fantasy Pros Championship draft tonight. DK Metcalf to Tom Smith as his third straight receiver. He's got a wide receiver core of Jefferson, Higgins, and Metcalf now. Jalen Hurts, actually the first quarterback off the board to John Terry tonight at the 302. Jonathan Taylor falling, falling, falling. He continues his free fall. 303 is where he goes tonight to the Night's Watch. Uh, that's uh, Nicholas Wickoff's team. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, 304 to Power Sweep. That's Rich Billu's team. Calvin Ridley. The 305 pick to Kilmer's Coyotes confirmed that it is uh, Justin Cox and Steve Hawley drafting that team from the five hole. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen off the board after that. Mahomes to Team Greenberg. I didn't butcher it that time. Josh Allen to King Stay Kings as he pairs up uh, Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen. Uh, I should mention, too, that John Terry ended up pairing up uh, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith together. TJ Hawkinson off the board now is the third tight end. To uh, teammate, that's uh, Louis Marini's, uh, ends up going with Cup, Barkley, and Hawkinson. Terp, you're on deck here. I I, uh, I guess I want to pick your brain here. You already have a stud receiver. You already have a stud tight end. What are you thinking as you are one pick away here? I was strongly considering if TJ Hawkinson made it to me, getting a little different and building a two tight end team. I don't think I've ever done that before in a managed league. Um, I usually just pick one, and, and that's the way I go. But right now, I think it's – Keenan Allen will be my pick here. Uh, stay with the receiver position. We've talked about on previous shows. I'm not the biggest Josh Jacobs guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's going to be back, but there's just so many questions with that. And, and I feel like there's other running back depth later 
in the fifth, sixth, you know, type of round to to get a guy like you know Keenan Allen. I feel like if he stays healthy, he's he's going to be he's going to be well past his ADP right now. Um, it's a big question, but in that offense with obviously Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is probably my favorite quarterback to own. He's a guy that I would love to stack with Keenan Allen if he falls here, but it gives me outs, you know, and, and that's really all I try to figure out in these drafts is try to have as many outs as possible to, you know, different hookups. Uh, Keenan Allen and, and the rest of the Chargers offense, I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that I'll be loading up with a lot of Chargers this year. And I'm fine with that because of, of how good that offense is. And, you know, if, if it ends up being bad or there's injuries or whatever, I'm, I'm not going to fault my process because I want to get players on teams that are going to pile up yardage and points. Chargers are a perfect example of, uh, of that. So Terp grabs Keenan Allen there at the 310. Amon Ross St. Brown. Keenan Allen as his receivers, Mike Andrews, he got in the second round. So some running backs getting taken here. Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, Lamar Jackson, you are now on deck once again. We're just waiting uh, Eric Henley's whistle pig selection here at the 402. And then Terp, you'll be on the board. You, you mentioned running backs in the fifth and sixth round, and I kind of agree with you there. Does that mean that the next that you're probably going to ignore running back here again and go with another receiver? Yeah, I don't see there being any way I take a running back here. I mean, there's guys that I like, but there's just receivers I like more. One we pretty much know is obvious, who's probably going to be my pick right here because it was either Jerry Judy or Christian Watson. There's other guys that would be in consideration. If Lamar made it back to me, I was taking him in a quarter of a second. That was the plan. Taking an Allen Lamar. Got a little greedy. Didn't work out. But uh, Christian Watson will be my pick here. Brees Hall, Brees Hall's in consideration, but – have a lot of Brees Hall so far, so I don't want to, you know, overexpose myself to just a little bit of a question. So I will take Christian Watson here and keep him moving. The uh, completion of the third round, uh, Debo Samuel, I should mention, went to Matthew Book uh, at the 309. Turp took Allen. Najee Harris was the first running back drafted by Henley. And then Lamar Jackson goes off the board to Yvonne Lindauer here at the uh, at the 312. Josh Jacobs off the board at the 401. And Turp, that's what I want to ask you about here. How far, I mean, the longer we don't have a resolution in Las Vegas, the longer it means that, or the more that Josh Jacobs is probably going to fall in drafts. Where do you think, number one, when do you think this gets resolved? And how far can Josh Jacobs realistically fall? We got the FFPC main event live draft starting tomorrow. Uh, I'm just kind of curious where you think he's going to end up when we don't have a resolution here. I think it's going to be shortly. I think he's, if you're drafting like this weekend in one of the fast, you know, obviously live drafts or the slow ones going on now. He's obviously a question because you're spending a lot of money and, and a guy that might possibly, like you said, there's a non-zero percent chance that, you know, he doesn't hold out or he holds out, whatever. But it, it's definitely a worry, but I think it's going to get resolved soon. I'd say within a week or so. I don't really see there being any leverage that he has. I mean, when Barkley caved, I mean, if they both would have held together, I think there might have been an option to, you know, get his money or get, you know, a contract that he was looking for. But once Barkley caved, I feel like Josh Jacobs – they know it. I mean, he's a good running back. Let's not, let's not, you know, mm -hmm. you know, say that anything different, but he's not, he's not elite and he's on a bad team. So I, I don't expect anything crazy there. They might give him a little bit of a raise just to get him in there because they need him obviously in that division. But if Josh Jacobs would have made it back to me or Lamar, I would have took either one of them, you know, you know, all truth aside, but it's just, I don't think he's going to fall that much. And by the time we draft in, in September, he'll definitely be back. But let's just say he's not. I think it was a couple of years ago. Zeke signed like two days before or two days before the season and like set like main events that people had drafted like Thursday versus Friday. 
it was like Zeke in the fourth, fifth round to like Zeke in the first round. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think it'll get that crazy, but like the main events that happened before the Thursday game and, you know, that news and all that craziness. And then the Friday game, you know, the Friday after when all the, you know, Thursday games are over, mm-hmm. just brings a whole different dynamic in there. I'm kind of curious as to how you're going to answer this. You said you were deciding between Jerry Judy and Christian Watson. Let's just say uh, Whistlepig and Eric Henley, uh, Henley, he ends up going with Amari Cooper at that 402. And now Cooper was the next receiver af- off the board after Watson. And you had your choice there between Watson and Judy. Which one would you have picked? I would have took Judy just to be different. I mean, I have. Because you have so much Watson, right? I have so much Watson right now that, you know, to be different um, and, you know, build a little bit of correlation with Keenan Allen for, you know, week 17 if, you know, we get there and, and, you know, we have that option. So I try to be a little different, but either one I'm fine with. There are two guys I prefer in this range um, just to be, you know, compared to some of the other guys. Like, I like George Kittle. I like Amari Cooper. I like Aaron Jones. Like ETN, I like Brees Hall a lot. I just have a lot of them, so I just decided to pass on him. Waller is he's he's somebody that I've drafted three times on these streams, so we know I love him. But he's starting to get moved up to a point where like I already have so much of him. Do I really want to move him up around to get him even more, or you know get a little different? So with having Andrews, I really didn't consider Waller. I know there's zero percent chance he's going to make it back, but all in all, I'm happy with the start. Um, like I said, I would have preferred Lamar Jackson. That was the guy that I was trying to talk people out of taking, but it didn't work out. But so far, so good. So far, so good indeed. It is so so far so good for Team Seven here. That's King State Kings. Broward Bravado pointing out that that they have a nice uh, nice squad going here through four rounds. Diggs and Waddle off the first uh, in the first two rounds. Josh Allen to pair with Diggs in the third, and then you get Darren Waller in the fourth here. Turf. That's that's not a bad squad there. I like it very much. I like it. In all honesty, better than my start. Really? It's well, that's just the way it ended up, you know. That's just the way it ended up. I mean, I'm just saying through four rounds, like if you would have switched Lamar and Christian Watson, I would have been way more happier. Not that I don't like Christian Watson, obviously, but just based off build and trying to be like, you know, obviously get the stacks and all that stuff. But when it comes to like we talk about stacks all the time on these shows, but when you got Patrick Mahomes, whether you want to or not, if you don't take him, like I know Jonathan Taylor fell. So like you look at trying to build a different team and I get all that and it makes total sense. But to take Travis Kelsey third overall and not take Patrick Mahomes, like you get to the finals and you get to like the last couple weeks and Kelsey goes off. Guess what? Mahomes is going off with him. It's really hard. There's, there's no world you could tell your I know people, there's been a lot of arguments about this in the high stakes world and I get all that, but like, if you take Kelsey and you have a path to get Mahomes, you almost have to make the pick unless some crazy build falls to you that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. No, and I get that, and it makes perfect sense. Uh, and I think you can make a strong argument for that, as you are not alone uh, on that. Uh, you make it to the shootout, and you don't have you have Kelsey, and you don't have Mahomes, and they go off. You're gonna, you're not winning. I mean. Um, no, you're right. You're, you're, you're completely right here. Uh, after you took Watson, Brees Hall went to Matthew Book. Travis Etienne at the 405 tonight to uh, Louis Marini's team. Darren Waller to King State Kings. Jared, uh, George Kittle, 407 to Adam Greenberg. Amari Cooper, the third straight receiver drafted by Kilmer's Coyotes. Uh, that's uh, Justin Cox and Steve Hawley. Aaron Jones, the third straight running back drafted by Rich Bilyeu. Interesting that both those guys, both heavy hitters there. 
uh, have a have a mirrored start with receiver, running back, running back, running back, and then running back, receiver, receiver, receiver for Team 5. Uh, Joe Mixon, the third straight running back drafted by the Knights Watch, and Kyle Pitts in the fifth round. We'll get to that. Still no receivers for uh, Nicholas Wickoff's team there. Dallas Goddard off the board at the 4-11, followed by Kenneth Walker to complete the fourth round tonight. First running back drafted by Tom Smith is indeed Walker. That is your fourth round, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So when when we look at back at that pick right after years, Terps, with the Brees Hall selection, he's another guy, and I think we've talked about this. Dalvin Cook could sign in New York. He might not. Maybe he's just waiting for training camp to be over so he doesn't have to go through it. I don't know. But then there's also the injury aspect there. He's another guy that's actually been slipping. We, I mean, we saw him a lot in the third round. Now we're seeing him in the fourth. He's another guy that that we could see a little bit more slippage before he starts to go back up again. I can't. I saw a report today that Jets are confident that he's going to be back. You know, by week one, which is still coach speak. So what are they going to say? He's not going to be ready. They're not going to. They're not going to break that information now. So it's hard to like you know take that for a grain of salt. But the the thing was, Dalvin Cook came there. All the reports were he's going to sign. He's going to sign. He's going to sign. He'll be there. He left and he didn't sign. So is it because Dalvin Cook didn't like what they had to say? The fit didn't make sense? Or he was just asking for a stupid amount of money? It's one or the other. Or he just wants to go to Miami. He's just trying to, you know, play house. I mean, he could be. a possibility, too. It it could be a a combination, too. Like, he he might just be asking a lot of money right now. But then once training camp's over and we're getting closer to the season, maybe all of a sudden he lowers his demand. You know, because he's maybe he's asking for a price he knows the Jets won't meet just so he can hang out, train on his own, and not have to worry about training camp. That's a possibility as well. But if you're, then, if you're the Dolphins, let's just say Devin A-Chain or, you know, Jeff Wilson or Mostert, not really Jeff Wilson or Mostert, but if A-Chain has a big preseason, why are you going to why are you gonna go spend $20 million or whatever, you know, Dalvin Cook's going to cost for him, you know, possible multi-year deal right. to mess up somebody who's free? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't. Two other things, too, Terp. He might be waiting for an injury to happen in somebody else's backfield where they become a little bit more desperate and are yeah. willing to pay him more. And then the Dizzle, maybe this is the Occam's Razor reason. Maybe the He's NFL right. is just thinking Dalvin Cook is washed at this point. That's definitely a possibility there. Couldn't agree Non-zero more with him. I mean, I, I've said that I don't own any Dalvin Cook. I don't plan on owning any Dalvin Cook. I don't care where he goes. It won't change my opinion. If he goes to like a uh, you know, a perfect spot that somebody gets hurt. If he went to Cincinnati, I would probably consider it. But that's probably the only like, – I, I talk about Cincinnati all the time as being – I know they, they restructured well, – like, why did you have to do Justin Herbert? Like, <laughs> like, Herbert goes off the board tonight to Team 8, uh, Louis Marini's uh, team there. And that's clearly who Terp was targeting. Jesus. Let's let, We'll get back to the Dallas. I wish, I wish I could curse on this thing right now because I would. <laughs> I so mean, you why you have one receiver like come on man you uh and 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 by the way team nine only has one receiver too so obviously that was that was the plan there is herbert falling and it didn't happen it's it's the ffpc anything can happen and usually does so louis marini's takes justin herbert there terp you're on the clock I got swiped this year so many times on herbert like a pick or a pick you know two before i mean it just makes my blood boil um, Joe Burrow goes off the board to Matthew Book here, two consecutive quarterbacks. I'm assuming you're out on quarterbacks now. What are you thinking here? Is this time to, to hit the running back position? Um, no, not yet. 
I'll let you look. I'll just re- refresh everybody. Turp is drafting for the 10 spot tonight. Took Amon Ross St. Brown in the first, added Keenan Allen and Christian Watson to that wide receiver core in both the third and fourth rounds. And don't forget about Mark Andrews in the second. So there's a lot of pass. Uh, there's a lot of targets on this team already between three receivers and a tight end. And that receiver room just got a little bit bigger or smaller since there's another body in it. Turp, tell us why Christian Kirk was the pick at 510. I mean, it was Christian Kirk or Deontay Johnson. I mean, the Herbert thing has me a little flustered. I'm not going to lie. Um, never really considered Burrow because, you know, I mean, I built the Keenan Allen Mark Andrews for a reason. Um, now that it's all over and I get zero at, at what I wanted, I built Andrews to get Jackson in the fourth round, didn't get it. I built Allen to get Herbert in the fifth round. If Jackson didn't work out, didn't get it. So that's the stuff that's frustrating about these drafts. I mean, no matter where you draft, I mean, it's always going to happen. You just don't, you know, adjust a little bit. And, you know, there's plenty of options out there, but it, that's the frustrating part about these drafts. I mean, you try to build something, you have something in your mind, and then you, you do it two ways to just give yourself as many outs as possible, and all the outs just get smoked. Well, the Catholics are definitely on your side for this team here tonight as you go back-to-back Christians in round four and round five here. So totally plan that. Absolutely. Now, we're going to talk about your plan in a second. I'm, I'm not going to bring it up yet. I do want to bring up what John Terry said about Dalvin Cook tonight. Uh, Dalvin Cook gets $2 million from the Vikings if he doesn't play, but as soon as he signs, he forfeits that cash. And as uh, the Dizzle points out, he Cook really wants to get paid to make it worth his while because he's getting $2 million from the Vikings if he doesn't play. All right. Um, the other – yeah, let's stay away from the fourth round. We'll get to the fifth round in a little bit. But I, I want to wrap up the Dalvin Cook conversation and, and move on from that. Terp is on deck right now here in the fifth round um, as – Whistle pig, that's Eric Henley's squad on the 11. Already has three receivers, already has two running backs. There are seven tight ends off the board. He goes with another running back here. Now, Terp, I'm going to let you think about this, but I'm going to bring up something you just said. You drafted Mark Andrews in the hopes you get Lamar Jackson in the fourth. Didn't happen. You drafted Keenan Allen in the hopes that you get Justin Herbert in the fifth. Didn't happen. You drafted Christian Kirk here in the fifth round. Is that because you were looking at a certain quarterback here? I drafted Christian Kirk for the exact reason that you're saying. My only debate is, do I take a free fall, you know, a free falling Justin Fields, which I don't know why he's falling, but that's not a stack for me. And and I'm a stack type of guy. I I know Fields makes sense, but where am I going with him? So my pick will be Trevor Lawrence to get the stack with Christian Kirk. Give me that out. And then pretty much knock me out of three positions. And then we'll be pounding running backs here for, long time yeah and you got you got all the pass catchers obviously you have your jacksonville jaguar stack so nice job there getting trevor lawrence here um let's talk about the fifth round here deandre hopkins to tom smith drake london at the 502 to john terry is his number three receiver first team to double up on tight ends tonight was the first team to draft the tight end that was nicholas wickoff's team from the third spot he gets travis kelsey at the 103 kyle pitts now at the 503 rich billio gets his second receiver and brandon Ayuk. Uh, Cox and Hawley draft their fourth straight receiver here with DJ Moore in the fifth. Uh, Terry McLaurin, the second receiver, drafted by Adam Greenberg here to go with Devontae Adams at the 506. Miles Sanders, first running back selected by uh, King State Kings from the seven spot tonight. Sanders, uh, yeah, first running back drafted there. Herbert, you already heard that. Uh, Herbert goes to Louis Marini's. Uh, Joe Burrow to Matthew Book after that. Christian Kirk to Terp. 
Cam Akers to the Whistle Pig. That's Eric Henley. And wrapping up the fifth round is indeed Deontay Johnson, the second receiver drafted by Yvonne Lindauer. That is your fifth round there. Uh, do you think, um, Terp, uh, let's not bring that up yet. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about Miles Sanders here for King State Kings. The first running back that they draft tonight is indeed a guy that that should be the bell cow guy in, in Carolina. Is that the way you see it as well? Is Sanders a guy that you should be looking at if you go zero RB and, and you, you're looking for running back in the fifth or the sixth round, is he going to be a bell cow type guy this year? I like options better than Miles Sanders. I like Cam Akers way better. I like a bunch of guys who haven't been drafted yet better than Sanders. I don't know. I mean, I watched him all those years in Philly, and he, he had some moments, but he was wildly inconsistent. He didn't catch the ball very well. I know they keep talking about Carolina, how he's going to catch the ball. I don't see that. Um, I like Chubba Hubbard better. Um, not, you know, not somebody I'm like in, in redraft. You know, when you're managing leagues and putting in lineups, you know, Hubbard's a great handcuff type of situation, stealing somebody else's, but – I don't know. Miles Sanders is not a guy that I, I know a lot of smart people are on this year, but I don't see what they see. I don't, I don't really see a guy that should be getting drafted in the fifth round over some of these receivers. Definitely not Cam Akers. Um, we're on uh, team three right now. Nicholas Wickoff's Night's Watch. Very interesting start here as they have uh, he has two tight ends and three running backs here. Stevenson, Taylor, and Mixon sandwiched between Kelsey and Pitts. Turp, what do you make of that start there? Because it's it's really it's a unique start. We don't often see tight end RB 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 and then another tight end. It's a very unique start. I mean, it's not a start that I could probably stomach myself. Um, <laughs> but it's a start. Like I said, this is not best ball. This is not. This is where you have to put guys in every week. So realistically, his first five picks will be his five starters, and that's feasible. He only needs to take two receivers and start them every week. Mm -hmm. Brandon Cooks is your number one receiver. Probably not something I'd recommend, but. It gives him outs later to the Dak Prescotts of the world, you know, so on and so on. That gives him a chance to build a powerful, you know, quarterback that he probably couldn't get. You know, he's not he's not getting one of the top guys to, to gives him as many outs as possible. Like I said, in these drafts, you try to give yourself as many outs as possible with different options. And hopefully they fall your way. They didn't fall my way the first two, but the third one worked out. So, so far, so good. Sixth round is now in the books. Tyler Lockett, the third wide receiver drafted by Yvonne Lindauer. James Cook, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. James Cook going to Eric Henley. Trevor Lawrence to Terp. Mike Williams goes to Matthew Book right after that. Chris Godwin, the second receiver drafted by uh, teammate. That's Louis Marini's Alexander Madison, the King State Kings. Damian Pierce off the board as the 22nd running back tonight to pair with Bijan Robinson for Adam Greenberg. And I, I didn't want to say it. The Dizzle was posting it in the YouTube chat, but... I knew as, as soon as there was the DJ Moore pick and Justin Fields was sliding, the slide ends with Cox and Hawley there as That's they get the I mean, he Go ahead. knew when I made my pick that he was going to get one of the guys that made sense. If Lawrence would have fell, it would have paired him with Ridley. It would have made a ton of sense. But if not, three guys, four guys in a row have quarterbacks. They, they shouldn't be taking another one. The Fields thing with DJ right. Moore, I don't think he planned it that perfectly. I think he probably planned it a little bit more that – Lawrence would fall to him than Fields, but when it works out in these drafts, you have McCaffrey as your anchor. I mean, that's a very, very good team with some really, really good talent at wide receiver.
Justin Fields normally with the 509 ADP. And by the way, that ADP we get is from FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. Darren Armani does a bang-up job putting together the Pros versus Joes competition that you watch on this uh, YouTube channel every single year. Just watched all six of them within the last couple of weeks. According to ADP in the last three days in the Fantasy Pros Championship, 509 is where Justin Fields is. He falls to the 608 tonight to Cox and Hawley. Definitely Mike the Evans, best value in this draft so far. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Mike Evans. Third wide receiver drafted by Rich Bilyeu. Brandon Cooks, the first receiver drafted by uh, Nicholas Wickoff from the three spot. J.K. Dobbins and James Conner wrap up the sixth round. J.K. Dobbins at the 6'11", James Conner at the 6'12". Tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show earlier this evening, Nate Polvoet uh, from Fantasy Pros and Razzball and I were talking about James Cook and the blurb that came out about how he's been catching a lot of balls in Buffalo Bills training camp. In fact, on Tuesday, Josh Allen threw 12 completions that day, five of them, where did James Cook Terp? He goes at the 602 tonight. Dizzle points out in the YouTube chat that James Cook is indeed rising. And I think the rise is going to continue here, man. I'm actually a little bit surprised he's going as late as, as he normally does and then as late as he did tonight. I totally agree. I mean, I, I was hoping James Cook would be here, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. You know, in this round, I didn't expect him to go that early, but a lot of positive press. Bills are really high on him, extremely talented. Um, I got to make my pick right now. These running backs are getting real ugly. Yeah, go ahead. You you think about it. I'm going to tell you this right now. So so we had we just had three running backs and then two receivers go off the board. 28 running backs now have been drafted. Turp is still in search of his first one. He already is loaded at receiver with four of them. He has Mark Andrews. He has the seventh quarterback off the board in Trevor Lawrence as well. Sounds like it's going to be a running back here, Turp. The question is which one? I'm not really thrilled. I'm not going to lie. I was well, it is the seventh any round. Of the three guys that went before me. So I'm probably going to move Antonio Gibson up probably a little higher than he should go. I moved him up to where, I mean, he's a guy, like I said, he's my number one on running back this year. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I'm probably taking him around early, um, but I don't want to get cute because I got caught in a run right there. You know, obviously taking Lawrence to settle those three positions up. Um, it could put me in a little trouble at running back. I was hoping either with Javante Williams, who I would have taken, even though I haven't taken him much. DeAndre Swift was the guy that I really wanted, and David Montgomery. All three of those guys I would have loved. Gibson was my fourth guy, but I don't want to get cute. There was, you know, I could get take another receiver here, you know, maybe take another tight end, but I would just be building depth. I can do that. There's still plenty of guys left. So to me, Gibson was the guy. He's the guy that I'll move up and just continue to build that room. And like I said, you only need two of those. There's plenty of talent left. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to you know, get, get guys that I really like, I guess you could say. Terp, when we get to, we're, we're about a month or so away from, from our planet Hollywood live events out in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm kind of curious to your thoughts as to, can James Cook get up into the fourth round by the time early September? Rolls I don't think out? he gets to that. I mean, he would have to do something like crazy, crazy in preseason to jump that much. I mean, we're talking fourth rounds. Like, I mean, is he going to really pass, you know, Bell cows like Miles Sanders, you know, in some people's eyes, Cam Akers. You know, does he get to like the Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones range? I don't, I don't think so. Kenneth Walker's still out, so that's definitely a worry there. Um, but I don't think so. I think he might maybe sneak into the fifth, but people are so receiver crazy this year that I, I don't see him getting. I think the sixth is where he's going to stay. There appears to be. I just noticed the spike in our viewership here. There appears to be a lighting delay, in, not a lightning delay, but a lighting delay in the Jets and Browns Hall of Fame game. And it looks like they're meeting with the coaches at midfield to discuss what they're doing here. Very interesting stuff. 
um, 16-14 Jets lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter there. Let's get through the uh, seven. Now let's not get through the seven. We'll get to the seventh round in a little bit. Um, so James Cook, I yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit aggressive in there, uh, thinking he could get up to the fourth. But anything's possible. You never know what, what could happen um, as we get closer and closer to Las Vegas and, and obviously a big preseason in front of us. Anything could happen there. Uh, after Terp takes uh, Antonio Gibson, his real-life teammate, Jahan Dotson, goes to Eric Henley. You are now once again on deck here, Terp. Eric Henley um, uh, is up. He has four receivers, three running backs, still no quarterback, still no tight end on his squad. What are you thinking? Oh, and he takes George Pickens here. So now what are you thinking here as he drafted yet another receiver? You already have four of them. Uh, you could go somewhere else with this pick. Who are the guys you're thinking about in your mind? Uh, I mean, I could go running back here. It probably makes the most sense. There was a guy that I was in my brain talking about getting a little bit more exposure today. He doesn't really fit what I need here, but he's a guy that I feel like could bounce back this year. He's probably going to be my selection here, which is Gabe Davis. Um, he's probably more of a best ball type of pick, but I feel like if he figures it out this year, he's definitely a guy you want to have on your team, you know, as the final three weeks roll around. So I'll figure out running back. We'll draft a bunch of them and, Gabe Davis is going to be my pick here. Gabe Davis going uh, to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse here uh, as the as the yes as the number five receiver. How did you sing you the whole song? No, I don't want. Don't do that, please. I'm not going to torture you with that. But Alvin Kamara was the other guy in the queue. Just okay. So it's Kamara or Davis there. Um, What? So how did Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? uh, You're just a big fan of the show, or what? I mean, I've been to Disney World probably 30 times in my life. Oh my I God. sung it to my nephews when I put them to sleep. I sing it to my daughter when I put it to sleep. It's just. So it's a big part of your life. I'm, I'm I get a huge it. nerd. So, I mean, <laughs> Mickey Mouse fits perfectly. Uh, let's get through the seventh down here. Evan Engram at the 701 tonight, followed by Rashad White, the second straight running back. And the only two running backs that John Terry has on his squad, White joining Dobbins there. Marquise Brown, the only two receivers drafted by Nicholas Wickoff so far. Marquise Brown at the 703. 34th receiver off the board. Pat Fryermuth is Rich Bilyeu's tight end this year in this draft. Tight end nine at the 704. Javante Williams at the 705. The Cox and Holly, followed by that running back run here. DeAndre Swift to Adam Greenberg. David Montgomery to King State Kings. JSN and Michael Pittman to uh, Marini's and Book there. Back-to-back at the 708, 709. You saw Terp take Gibson at the 710. Jahan Dotson to Henley and then Isaiah Pacheco. At the 712 tonight. Rashad White is a guy I thought was going to be moving up boards more than he has given um, uh, the preseason pub on him. And that that pub, by the way, really picked up after the Buccaneers did not draft a running back of any substance on day one or day two. Are you surprised to still see Rashad White going in the seventh round, Terp? Not really, to be honest with you. I mean, we talked about, you know, there's just not a lot behind him, but the offense is just, is just with Baker leading it. Just very, 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 very worried about that. I mean, Godwin, Evans, their guy, I, I target, you know, Evans a little bit more than Godwin. Um, but that offense is just, it's just gross. I mean, with Baker leading it, you kind of hope for the offensive perspective that Baker does not win the job, that Kyle Trask has a big preseason. Maybe just a young rookie with potential makes a ton of sense, um, you know, for a team that's not really playing for much. They don't really have a lot of, you know, playoff aspirations. But overall, like Rashad White could get a lot of dump offs, but I just don't think he's an efficient runner. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, on certain builds, Rashad White, like Team Two's build, Rashad White makes a ton of sense. Running back two, you're good at receiver. You have a solid, you know, obviously the Eagles stack with with Smith and Goddard, and 
obviously Jalen Hurts. So it makes sense. Um, it gives you, you know, plenty of options that, you know, target some handcuffs and, you know, other running backs with potential, but it's not a guy that I'm targeting at a ton. Terp, have I asked you about um, Marquise Brown yet this year? It's it's a night's watch. That's uh, Nicholas Wickoff. Um, takes him at wide receiver 34 at the 703 tonight. What are your thoughts on Brown without DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona? He's one of my highest end receivers. Um, I like his talent, like his speed, like his big playability. And I love the team he's on. There's no DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Who's behind him? I know there's no quarterback, and the quarterbacks are very suspect. You know, obviously, Kyler, we don't know. There's a lot of questions surrounding him. But at the end of the day, the bad teams do one thing, throw the ball a lot. Yeah. So they're going to be behind. All, the defense is, you know, pretty terrible. It just makes too much sense to target him. You know, I feel like he's a 10-target-a-guy game. Whether he catches three or four of those, you know, you know, obviously one goes for a touchdown. That's where the, the, the danger comes in, but – I like living dangerously, and you know, with a guy like him, I feel like he gives you so much upside in that offense, and it just makes so much sense. Um, the we are through the eighth round here. Jordan Addison, the rookie receiver from Minnesota, is the first selection to Yvonne Lindauer here at the eight hundred one. George Pickens and Gabe Davis. After that, Pickens to Henley, and then Gabe Davis. You saw Turp make that pick here at the eight hundred three. Camara right after that, followed by Dalvin Cook, who we spent a lot of time talking about tonight. He's the third running back drafted. By Louis Marini's, and then a huge wide receiver run here, guys. Traylon Burks, the King State King, uh, Kings. Kadarius Tony off the board to Adam Greenberg. Zay Flowers, a guy that Broward Bravado said, I'm surprised he's still out there. And then Zay Flowers gets chosen here at the 808. At wide receiver 43 for Cox and Holly. Elijah Moore, another receiver. Uh, fourth one drafted by Rich Bilyeu. Michael Thomas off the board after that Marquise Brown pick we were just talking about in the seventh round. Wickoff takes Michael Thomas there. And then a couple of running backs to end round eight. Brian Robinson for the Commanders to John Terry as his number three running back. And then Jamal Williams, the number three running back chosen by Tom Smith, he of the New Orleans Saints this year. We had um, – um, now let's talk about um, Power Sweeps team. That's Rich Bilyeu's team. Guy who's been on the sh uh, show multiple times. Um, your thoughts on on his has his team so far? Henry Gibbs and Jones are the running backs. He does have four re, uh, receivers through round eight, and he just grabbed his quarterback. So now he's got his quarterback and his tight end. Turp. Perfect structure. I mean, love a lot of his players. You know, Fryermuth's a good spot there. I feel like tight ends are going to start moving up a little bit as we get closer to Vegas. They kind of were stuck in a stagnant stage for a while. He takes Elijah Moore and he gets a great value in ninth round to Sean Watson, who I love this year. Um, he's he's a guy that I feel like you get up with the upper upper echelon quarterbacks. So he's definitely one of the teams that I'm targeting as one of the best so far. Adam Greenberg gets Kadarius Tony at the 807 tonight. Turf, do you uh, and and by the way, Greenberg's back on the clock again. Uh, is the injury for Tony knowing that he's going to be out recovering from this minor knee surgery? At least that's what we're being told. It's minor um, for the course of the preseason. Is that enough for you to? I don't want to say erase him off your board, but Stay away from Tony. I tweeted last week, I think it was, if Kadarius, if Kadarius Tony beats me, I can sleep good at night. <laughs> I just – I had him so much last year, like just over, over the top and just, just killed every single – there was never a time when he gave me anything that mattered whatsoever. I was on him a little bit to start the year, not nothing like too crazy just because the fear factor. But if Kadarius Tony was on, let's just say the Giants – Nobody would even be paying attention to him. But because mm -hmm. Kadarius Tony is, is paired with Patrick Mahomes, everybody wants to get on board and think, like, this could be it. This could be it. This is a chance. And you saw the Super Bowl, you know, little, you know, blips. And, you know, that looked positive. But 
I don't know. The guy can't stay healthy. He's hurt already. There's just a lot of guys in Kansas City. Are they more talented than Kadarius Tony? No. But at the end of the day, opportunity and the opportunity is there. And, and I just think, you know, I'll take some of these other guys cheaper. And, and just, if, like I said, if Tony beats me, he beats me. I'll take 100 times it more Zay Flowers, Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore. Keep going down the list. And I'll just, if he beats me, he beats me. Sneaky little stack uh, snack by Rich Billu here from the four spot as he gets Elijah Moore at the 809 and then Deshaun Watson coming back at the 904. That little mini Cleveland Brown stack uh, could help him out going forward this season. Terp, we are almost back to you. You are um, on deck right now. Five receivers on your squad, a tight end, a quarterback. And I guess this is the point where you kind of got away like, okay, I want to take the best player available, but I also have to be cognizant that 36 running backs have been drafted. I've only taken one of them so far. In fact, I think you are the only team in the league with only one running back. Um, actually, you're the only team in the league with uh, with uh, one or two running backs. As you take Zach Charbonnet here um, and uh, to, to sort of shore up that backfield, we got some good news on Charbonnet today that he was already practicing, Terp. He practiced today. I mean, I, I was very, very excited to see that. I have a lot of, of, of Charbonnet bags. You know, a ton of, you know, I have a ton of him over Kenneth Walker um, just because he's cheaper and Pete Carroll's just a wild card to trust. Um, the groin is no joke for, you know, Kenneth Walker. He looks to be okay. I saw some practice highlights today where he was out there throwing the ball, you know, messing around a little bit. Um, but I just think he's a talented back. He's going to get plenty of work. He's practicing. So the injury out indefinitely meant absolutely nothing. It just scared people away. And I'm okay with, you know, taking some shots at running back. There's still plenty of guys that, you know, could get me through the first couple, you know, weeks of the season. I feel like Gibson's going to be a guy that I can count on. I mean, it's, it's definitely a wild card and definitely not something I'm feeling like really, really excited about, but my receivers, tight end quarterback, they should be able to, you know, keep me afloat until these running backs emerge. And if I can get some of these running backs to emerge, I'll be very happy with the structure. You know, uh, I'm just looking at the end of the ninth round, Terp. I, look at this, the, the two picks before you and the two picks after you. Both tight ends, including the Roadhouse run with back-to-back -back Daltons there in Kincaid and Schultz right before you. Got to feel pretty good about that Mark Andrews pick right now when you consider all these other teams uh, grabbing their tight ends here in round nine. 100%. I mean, this draft has definitely been, you know, a lot of runs, and, and the runs are – I wonder how many people are watching this, listening to me talk about, you know, taking running backs. It's not really working out. The two <laughs> running backs that I was targeting just went right before me. Uh, um, Terp was looking at Devon A-Chain and Samaje Ryan, who went to Yvonne Lindauer and Eric Henley, respectively. We are now at the 10.03. It is Terp's pick here. Uh, 39 running backs off the board, and you go, you know, when in doubt, fly, Eagles, fly. You go back to your beloved Philadelphia well to grab a little bit of Rashad Penny. Do I love the pick? I don't. But, I mean, we all know with Rashad Penny's healthy and behind that offensive line, he could be a game-breaker league winner. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a lot of questions surrounding him with the injury history. He has plenty of guys in front of him. He has a Jalen Hurts factor. So there's a lot of question marks. But I saw what Miles Sanders did last year. I believe in Penny. I still think Swift's going to be annoying enough. And he's a guy that, you know, like we said, you've seen him when he's healthy. It's probably for two, three games, but he's healthy. And, he, and he's been talking about how the offensive, you know, the, the team has really, you know, worked on him and helped worked on his body and stuff. 
to try to, you know, avoid these injuries that he keeps getting every year. We'll see if that actually matters, but I'm okay with that pick. Uh, you know, I think it's fine. And and as Dizzle pointed out, you got the starter in Philadelphia as well. So Gibson, Charbonnet, Penny, with that start of all those receivers plus Mark Andrews, I, I think makes you at the very least competitive here in this league term. Uh, let's go through the ninth round for everybody out there. The second tight end drafted by Tom Smith is David Njoku to go with Evan Engram. Sky Moore at the 902 tonight as the number five, uh, beg your pardon, four receiver drafted by John Terry. Uh, the Night's Watch and Nicholas Wyckoff started off with a pair of tight ends and three running backs, he has now hit receivers in his last four picks, including the rookie out of Los Angeles, Quentin Johnston, here in the ninth round. Deshaun uh, Watson, we talked about to Rich Billiard there, followed by A.J. Dillon, the third running back drafted by Cox and Hawley. Cortland Sutton joining Devontae Adams, McLaurin, Tony in uh, the backfield for Adam Greenberg. Uh, that is what you're looking at, the 906. Khalil Herbert joining his former real-life teammate, David Montgomery, uh, for King State Kings here at the 907. Talked about those tight ends. Kincaid to Marini's. Schultz to Book. Charbonnet to Terp. Uh, Higby goes off the board to Henley. And then Dulcich to Lindauer here at the final pick of the 12th round. You know, I talked with, and I, I keep bringing this up probably because it's fresh in my mind, but Nate Polvolt from uh, Fantasy Pros, who is my guest in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, he lives out in Colorado. The Broncos are his team. And while the reports I've seen, Terp, have not exactly been glowing about Greg Dulcich, he continues to tell me that Dulcich is in for a big year. What's your ownership like on Greg Dulcich this year? He's one of my highest owned tight ends. I talked about him on, I think, the last pros versus Joe's. I feel like he is in this range. Najoku, he's not a guy that I have a ton of. You know, I drafted him a little bit, but nothing too crazy. I like Dalton Kincaid more than most. I feel like they traded up for him for a reason. It might take a little while, but I feel like he's going to be an asset in that offense. Dalton Schultz is okay. I don't think he's a bad pick. I don't think he's going to win you a league. Mm -hmm. Tyler Higby should get peppered with targets, um, but there's still so many questions with that team. I mean, you could easily see an 0-5, 0-6 start, and they just try to tank for Caleb Williams real quick. Um, but Adolchus is a guy that I feel like he could easily be the second best, best, best receiving option in that offense mm-hmm. behind Jerry Judy. You know, if Russell Wilson moves up and takes that next step, I mean, he's a guy that I just feel like you'll, you always try to find that tight end in an offense that could be the first or second option. I feel like that's just a success that, you know, if you keep looking at all the tight ends that have been successful, that's the way to do it. So and it's definitely a way that I've been looking, especially, you know, this year, uh, certain guys, you just can't make a case for that. Like, I don't see a world where David Njoku's a second, you know, on that team. You got Amari Cooper. You got Elijah Moore. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones. I feel like they're all ahead of him on the pecking order. Um, you know, even guys like Gerald Everett, Sam Laporta, if Jamison Williams is back. Chig. I mean, you keep going down the list. And, I mean, these are guys that they need an injury to be an impact, impact guy. Yeah, of course, they're going to have a week here and there, but I don't see them being league winners. I can see Dulcich being a league winner. Uh, the 10th round is complete after Dulcich to Lindauer. Uh, she goes with Devon A. Chain, Samaj P. Ryan to Henley, Rashad Penny to Terpoli. Jamison Williams is the number four receiver drafted by Matthew Book. Juju Smith Schuster uh, joining the hyphenated receiver crowd on uh, Louis Marini's team. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba being the last receiver that he took there. Smith Schuster joins the team at the 10.05 as our number 50 receiver drafted tonight. Nico Collins at the 10.06, the Kings, uh, Kings State Kings. Chiga Conquo to Adam Greenberg, followed by Sam Laporta to Cox and Holly as their number one tight end. Gerald Everett, tight end 17 tonight 
to Rich Bilyeu's squad behind Pat Fryermuth. Rashad Bateman, the fifth consecutive receiver drafted by uh, Wickoff. And then you're looking at uh, Jarek McKinnon as the penultimate pick of the 10th round to John Terry. And the halfway point of the draft is here. Dak Prescott, the first quarterback drafted by Tom Smith's Yum Yum squad here. We talked a little bit about uh, Wickoff's team from the three spot tonight, Terp, after going tight end, RB, 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 tight end. What do you make? And I hesitate to use the word recovery because I don't think he has to recover necessarily from that. But he knew he needed receivers. He hit them hard here with five straight and now tongue of Iloa on this squad as well. I mean, can you scroll up just for one second? Yeah, absolutely. Just so I can just here. look at exactly. Because we talked about the Tua debate for a long time. See, go, You can go back down now. The Tua, I just can't ever take Tua in a format that's not with Waddle or Tyreek. Everything's mm-hmm. tied to those two players. I see no reason not. I mean, it's just, to me, it's a losing proposition. I'm not sitting here saying it won't work out for him. I like the five receivers he took. I mean, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, you know, Michael Thomas obviously has, you know, a couple of years ago when he was a monster, Quentin Johnson in that offense, Bateman, if he's healthy with Lamar, they all, you can tell yourself a story. The Tua story, I just can't tell myself. Um, I feel like if you're drafting Tua, you only draft him with, um, you only draft him with uh, Waddle or Tyreek Hill. I'm sure he wanted Dak Prescott and got burned a little bit, so that probably didn't work out for him. But overall, not a bad, not a bad team. Like what he did at receiver after you know going running back heavy early, but the Tua pick just brings some questions for me. I runs uh, are out of control right now. Yeah. <laughs> the so so Turf is on deck, uh, one pick away. Uh, with Matthew Book picking from the nine spot. Uh, we've already seen five running backs go off the board this round. 46 of them uh, chosen in all. Now, Terp uh, has three of them on his squad. Uh, he's drafted three. He's utilized four of his, uh, beg your pardon, three of his last four picks on the running back position, getting Gibson, Charbonnet, and uh, Penny. You are now on the clock as Romeo Dobbs is off the board to Matthew Book. Terp, can you uh, give us a, a feel for who is in the queue here? Oh, the pick's already in. Forget it. Another straight, another running back here. That makes three straight. Kendrick Miller is a guy that I love coming out of TCU. I like that he got off the pup really quick. I mean, that injury I was a little worried about, especially being a rookie, being behind. The Kamara suspension, I'm betting on six games. If it's four games, I'm fine with that too. It's definitely a bet that I'm trying to make with Kendrick Miller. I'm trying to tell myself a story. I just don't see myself ever drafting Jamal Williams. You know, especially in a managed league, you just late last year was the perfect, perfect storm. And he still, you know, you know, wasn't a league winner. I mean, unless you were in a best ball format, you, you just never start in Jamal Williams. I feel like Kendrick Miller has three down upside. And, you know, if Kamara is suspended for longer than people think, if it's longer than six games, which I don't think it will be somewhere in the four to six range, that's four to six weeks that it's going to be Kendrick Miller and Jamal Williams. It should be running the ball. Take my chances with this build with Kendra Miller. I feel like he presents, you know, other guys that I'm targeting here. He gives me the best upside, so I'm happy with that selection. But all those four guys in a row were all in the queue, and, and you know, Tank Bigsby was the guy that I was trying to hopefully fall. Algier was another guy. I like Elijah Mitchell. I know he, he popped up on the injury report today. These, these runs are getting a little annoying. <laughs> Turf, what do you make of um, when, when you have a situation where you already had um, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk. You said you were looking at Bigsby. Do, 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 do running backs ever figure in for quarterback running back stacks for you, or is it just simply quarterback receiver, quarterback tight end? It depends. Like, I mean, it would have to be like somebody that catches the ball. I could never like sign up for like a, 
let me think of a top like a Mahomes. Like I think Farrell was talking about a Mahomes Pacheco, Pacheco stack. That doesn't. I mean, they don't. They don't make any sense to me. There goes another guy that I was targeting, Jalen Warren. So I mean, this is getting a little tricky. Terp, you're back on the clock here with Juwan Johnson going to Eric Henley. Four uh, running backs on the squad. Now, I, I don't know how you feel about your tight end depth. I don't know how you feel about adding another receiver here. But as uh, as is the case with most of these FFPC drafts, there's a lot of ways you can go here in the second half of the draft. You are at the 12.03. What are you thinking now? I'm going to make a bet on an offense, and hopefully Dalvin Cook doesn't ruin it for me. I'm going to take Jeff Wilson here. Um, this running backs are going to be really popular for me for here on out. I'm probably going to take a bunch of them, probably way more than, than most people would think I'm betting on my receivers being, you know, carrying me. If they don't, this team's in deep trouble. It's probably going to come in last, maybe last overall, but <laughs> if I'm betting on the, if I'm betting on the Miami backfield, you know, Jeff Wilson will be the guy. If I'm not getting a chain that I'm going to, you know, put in, I think he is week one starting for me. And right now I'm just trying to pick in, you know, some guys that could get me some week one with Antonio Gibson um, and Jeff Wilson, I feel like is the guy. I don't think a chain's going to be the guy right away. So Wilson's the guy that could get me through the first couple of weeks until a guy like Kendra Miller or, you know, Charbonnet takes the job or, or Penny possibly. You know, I always feel like and when I see some of these teams and I post them in the FFPC email at the end of the year, this is the team that won 50 grand in this. This is the team that won 200 grand. This is the team that won a million bucks. And you look at the squad and it's like, oh my God, that was the million dollar team. That How'd they get the there? Like, I yeah, remember looking at the guy who won the best ball last year and I'm just like, how did he even make it to the finals? Like, right, exactly. Have, like, this thing about people don't realize in some of these like main events or best ball or whatever it is, especially best ball, like, you have to get to the final. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just like, you have to win two leagues to get to the final. Like, and, and some of these leagues, if you get a league that's a little bit more beneficial, a lot of it's just a luck. I mean, and some of these teams that got ran over that were just putting up big points would have qualified easier in another league. So that's where like the, the thing here is you just try to build the best team you can and just hope luck is on your side. Like if you look at the guy who won the back-to-back champs, perfect example, mm-hmm. they drafted Allen Robinson last year on their team. They won a million dollars. The, and I can't wait know, to Vegas and see him and, and and just maybe present him with an Allen Robinson jersey. Congratulations on that draft last year. Here's your one Allen of those Robinson guys. Jersey. One of those guys better be wearing it for sure. That's what I'm saying. You have to have an Allen Robinson jersey on. Like you look at their team and it's like when you saw a draft, you're just like, nah, okay, you got the Chiefs stack. That's cool. And like there's some other guys that mixed in and like obviously some you know they hit on some late guys and some great free agent acquisitions. But like you looked at the team, and you're just like, that's a good team. But like a million dollar team, it's not. And look at look how it worked out for them. Figure out a way to get to the dance, and then let the cards play out. There's nothing you can do after that. Um, you know, the other thing too is, um, it, it, and this is how I wanted to bring it back to your team. You know, it's it's all about pockets. It's pockets of of, of fantasy production during the season. You know, it's not like you are relying on Gibson to stay uh, play every game for you, or nope. Charbonnet has to be in there. You know, you have five guys now here. Um, and you're kind of going to know, like, you're going to know a Kendra Miller week. You're, you should know a Rashad Penny week, Zach Charbonnet week. You'll know that, like, when, when to deploy these guys. And, and as long as your receivers put up numbers, which they probably should because you drafted them much earlier than the running backs, then all of a sudden you have a team that's doing very well. Now you have to be savvy on the waiver wire. You have to be savvy with starting lineups. But I think that's true of any of these teams as well. Um, let's, go, 
Let's go through the uh, 11th round here before the, the 12th round is done. Damian Harris to Tom Smith. Cole Komet off the board at the 11.02 to John Terry. Tua Tungabailoa to Nicholas uh, uh, Wickoff. Uh, Devin Singletary, Elijah Mitchell to Bill Yu, and then uh, Cox and Hawley take Elijah Mitchell. Rashi Rice to Adam Greenberg. Tank Bigsby to Kingsday Kings. Tyler Algier to Louis Marini's. Um, Romeo Dobbs to Matthew Book. You saw Terp take Kendra Miller and then a pair of quarterbacks end the round. Daniel Jones to Eric Henley. Anthony Richardson to Yvonne Lindauer. Let's get through the 12th round here as it's just completed. Jalen Warren stole, uh, or excuse me, uh, Yvonne Lindauer stole Jalen Warren from Dave Terpoli. And then you're looking at Juwan Johnson behind Tyler Pigby at, uh, at the 12.02 tonight. Uh, Terp now has five running backs on his team with Jeff Wilson pick. Tajay Spears off the board to Matthew Book after that. Odell Beckham, uh, the lone wide receiver in the 12th round until late in the 12th round. Beckham goes to Louis Marini's. Jerome Ford, Zamir White, Roshan Johnson, a little mini running back run there to King State Kings, Greenberg, and then Cox and Hawley here. Kirk Cousins to the, the Deshaun Watson squad. That's Rich Bilyeu, Jacoby Myers, Darnell Mooney, and Zay Jones complete the 12th round. Jacoby Myers to uh, uh, Wickoff, Mooney to Terry, and then Jones to Smith. I've been seeing a lot of um, Zay Jones love on Twitter lately, Terp. Are you seeing that as well? Like people talking about Zay Jones. He's undervalued. This guy's going to have a big season. He goes at wide receiver 58 tonight to a team that already had four receivers, but they did not draft any receivers since round five when they took DeAndre Hopkins. That's Tom Smith's yum-yum squad. I definitely think he's underrated. I definitely – I mean, people have literally wrote him off until – Twitter just got nuts the last like two weeks. I mean, he was a guy that pretty much was an afterthought in that offense. You know, Calvin Ridley's out with a toe injury. Shouldn't be anything serious, but like we talked about Christian Kirk versus Calvin Ridley. I'll take Kirk. Most people will take Ridley. Just keep getting hyped up. I don't want that injury to linger at all. Get back out there, do some crazy stuff in camp. I'll take a bet on a guy that hasn't played in a year, mm-hmm. a year and a half almost. So I'll take that bet. Kirk versus Ridley. I just feel like Kirk going to have, you know, obviously established in that offense. You saw what he did last year, a really solid season. He was a money zone receiver that went nuts. You know, he was a guy that was a league winner. So he's a guy that, you know, I like better than Ridley this year. You know, he, he, he fell the build that, you know, I was trying to build. It made sense. Um, but Zay Jones, like you talked about, he's a guy that I know he's the fourth option, maybe third option, you could say with him and Ingram back and forth. But he's definitely a guy that, I'm targeting more than, than most. And it seems like Twitter's starting to pick that up and they're starting to draft him more a little earlier than he's supposed to go. And that's fine because I got a lot of Zay Jones. But, you know, he's an injury away from being a league winner like he was last year. Uh, let me uh, ask you about the disparity between Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert. Um, and I'll, I'll just cite this draft tonight. 907 to King State Kings is where Herbert went. The rookie out of Texas, Roshan Johnson, falls with a 1208 to Cox and Hawley. Is that about right? I mean, should we be looking at about three rounds difference from, from those players? Because I think the Bears running back situation is a little bit undecided. And we didn't even mention Deontay Foreman here, Turk. Yeah, I mean, I, Roshan Johnson is still out of practice, which is a big worry to me because he's a guy that I love coming out of school. Not a lot of mileage on the tank, obviously, with, you know, Bijan being the guy. Um, but he's not practicing, so he's getting behind two guys who are, are serviceable veterans. Are they superstars? No. Do they still have to worry about Justin Fields stealing all the, you know, rushing? Of course. But they're guys that I think they're going to run the ball, uh, you know, a good amount in Chicago. I, I think they'll open up a little bit, but they were one of the the, the bottom five teams, I believe, last year in passing. Um, will that get better? Of course. But 
is it going to get as much better that they would take these running backs out of play? I think her ooh, a defense also and a good one too. <laughs> but um, it's possible, but it, it's not. Roshan Johnson's a guy that you're hoping you know does something for you at the end of the game, at the end of the at the end of like the money rounds because I feel like early in the season he could be a pup candidate or something that just gets stashed for a little bit while these other two veterans you know run the show. Thank you. Thankfully, you didn't ruin that for me because I'm taking one of them here. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, as soon as you, as soon as I said it, I'm like, God, I, I probably shouldn't. Like normally, I, I wouldn't care, but I knew you were looking at running backs. As soon as I said it, I'm there's like, gonna oh, be, gotta, there's going to be a lot of running backs drafted. I, mean, I got to stop. Probably, I got to stop. Six out of the last seven. Uh, yeah, it's yes, exactly. Um, six out of the last seven, and since round seven, you've only taken one non-running back so far. As Deontay Foreman goes off the board, running back fifty-five tonight at the 13-10 to Dave Tercoli. Um, and this is kind of an odd question, but uh, Eagles defense is good. Are they 13-08 good? How, what's the no, earliest you usually start looking at? 13-08 good. Every year we see the same thing with defenses getting pushed up. Um, defense is just getting overdrafted. So to me, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm sure somebody's going to take a kicker here. Is there a little bit of an advantage? But, I mean, is there really a difference between Philadelphia and Dallas? You know, Philadelphia lost a lot of guys. Obviously, they have a good, you know, corners and the defensive line is probably the best in football, but the linebackers are very suspect right now. Safeties are suspect. So, and they have a tougher schedule. They're not playing a bunch of humps like they did last year. Mm-hmm. So they actually have a, you know, a tough six game stretch in the middle of the season, which you're going to need to, you know, win games. So I feel like there's other defensive options. Defense in the 13th round will never be for me. I feel like they always flop. Um, 13th round complete. You are on deck. Nope, you're on the clock now as uh, Aaron Rodgers, a guy who's not in uniform tonight for the Jets, um, just goes off the board at the 1402 to back up Daniel Jones here for Eric Henley's whistle pig. Terp, we're we going to keep the green going um, with uh, with another running back here? No, we are not. Tell us about Jalen Hyatt. i a guy up that's been you know having a great camp so far. Coaches are raving about him. I don't need him early in the season, but I feel like he's a guy that by the time we draft in Vegas, all I need is like, I mean, the guy scored five touchdowns against Alabama. That's to say something. I know coming out of college, people just thought he was just a run, and that was all he did. I'm okay with that. That's a big playability type of situation. People thought that was Christian Watson last year. So with Jalen Hyatt, it just it's a it's a long term play. It's not something that I feel like you get to the 14th to like 20th rounds. You got to take some shots on guys with upside. Do I really want to draft Adam Thielen? What's Adam Thielen going to win for me? Do I really want to draft? Alan Lazard, KJ Osborne, Van Jefferson, Michael Gallup. I can keep going down the list. I mean, I feel like, is it early for Hyatt? Yes. But I wanted to push him up a little bit more and and make sure I secure him because I was hoping it was a Marvin Mims instead of Jalen Hyatt. But in that offense, it's Darren Darren Waller. And who's catching the ball? Is that that, that what it is, Terp? Because Aiden's frying you right now, telling telling us how much you hated Jalen Hyatt in pre-draft. But is it the Johnson in pre-draft too? Both are confirmed facts. But um, now it's it's all about landing spot. And that plays a role in it. Spot on both of them. Have, I mean, you're with Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones with Cole Beasley, Paris Campbell. You know, Sterling Shepard coming off no knees. Like I'll take my shot with a, a young guy with speed who looks like he's having a good camp. Coaches seem to be impressed with him. Again, as my sixth receiver. I hopefully will not ever need to start him until, you know, money rounds type of situation or at the end of the season. If he emerges, if he emerges earlier, great. 
Well, he gives me another weapon for down the road. Um, and as Aiden likes to criticize me for, I'm trying to get as much exposure to these guys <laughs> as possible. That's right. And I don't like drafting boring guys at this point. I'm taking upside plays. Like, I don't have much Deonta Foreman, but Rashawn Johnson hasn't practiced. That's a rookie that's getting behind. You know, a guy that didn't play that much at Texas behind B. John Robinson, so he's even more behind. You know, obviously there's not a lot of wear and tear, but the Jalen High picks just pure upside, a league winner type of situation. And I like I know I say league winner a bunch, but I'll take my chances. Well, and that's what it's at. It's it's all about now. I mean, you got to beat thousands of teams here to to take this contest down. And I think we should be looking for league winners. We should be swinging for home runs at this point in the draft. So, and I know I've done this before, especially in Kentucky in the main event. When it gets to be later on in the draft, I'm I'm taking players that I don't necessarily like, but I know a lot of other people do, and I could see the path to this guy being a difference maker for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that every time you're doing it. Uh, as well. Let's get through the 13th round. Geno Smith uh, to back up Dak Prescott for Tom Smith. Leonard Fournette, no relation, by the way. Leonard Fournette, or maybe there is, I don't know. Leonard Fournette to John Terry. Jared Goff backing up to Tunga by Loa for Nick, uh, Nicholas uh, uh, Wickoff. Rondale Moore to Rich Billu. Marvin Mims to Cox and Hawley. Jonathan Mingo is the number six receiver. Drafted by Adam Greenberg. Irv Smith is backing up Darren Waller for King State Kings. That Eagles defense at the 1308 to Louis Marini's. Uh, Mike Gesicki off the board as the backup tight end to Matthew Book. Saw Terp take Deontay Foreman there. Isaiah Hodgins and Rashid Shahid wind up the 13th round with the 14th round getting underway just now. Jaden Reed to Yvonne Lindauer. Uh, yeah, Yvonne Lindauer takes Jaden Reed there. Aaron Rodgers, what uh, from a current Packer to a former Packer. Rodgers to Eric Henley, Jalen Hyatt, then to Terp. Trey McBride, the third tight end drafted by Matthew Book, followed by Tyler Boyd uh, as the number six receiver to uh, Louis Marini's there uh, as he takes Boyd at the 14.05, the 66 receiver off the board. It's back-to-back tight ends for King State Kings, Irv Smith and Isaiah Likely. Chase Brown as the running back um, 56 tonight to Adam Greenberg at the 14.07. Jake Ferguson backing up Sam Laporta. Uh, to Cox and Hawley there. Donovan Peoples-Jones, DPJ is wide receiver 67 to Rich Billu. Pierre Strong, Kenneth Gainwell, and Raheem Mostert are the final picks of the 14th round. Strong to Wickoff, uh, Gainwell to Terry, Mostert to Smith. Terp, when you look at Team 5 here, that's um, uh, Justin Cox and uh, Steve Hawley that are uh, the former KFFSC main event champs there. But they have Laporta as their starter, Ferguson as their backup right now. At least that's how they drafted their tight ends. What do you make of that? I mean, that that approach here, because normally if you see a rookie or a young player, usually backing them up with more of a known quantity here, you're kind of going unknown, unknown a little bit here for Kilmer's Coyotes at the five slot. I like the unknown. I mean, the rest of the team stacked. I mean, looking at, you know, the, the rise of Zay Flowers, I think one of the last pros versus Joe's draft we did, he was in the 10th round. We were talking about it, how that's just not real life. That's never going to happen, and, you know, as we get closer to money time you know, main events later this month and obviously September when we're drafting live in Vegas. I don't see, you know, guys like that, but he got exactly where I think Zay Zay Flowers might actually move up more, especially if Bateman has any sort of, you know, setback and he doesn't get back on the field shortly. Flowers could easily move up, up into that Marquise Brown, Dodson, Pittman, JSN, Lockett range easily with way more upside if you believe in the new Baltimore offense. So I really like what he did tight end wise. Laporta is having a great camp. He is I haven't heard one negative thing said about him. Um, love him coming out of you know, college. I was a big fan of him. 
So him as your starter, it might take a little bit, but I'm, I'm okay with what he did. And, and then Ferguson, obviously, with no Dalton Schultz, presents upside. It, it makes sense there, too. And I'm sure he's going to add one, maybe two other guys. You know, um, uh, Mac Nova, by the way, chiming in. And I don't – there's only two zero – technically zero RB squads in this um, in this draft tonight. And it was John Terry and it was Dave Turp. So Mac Nova could be talking about your team, Turp. He could also be talking about John Terry, Steve. I don't I'll take know. take that as a win. There you go. 50% chance of having a beautiful – oh, he is referring – there it is. Turp. He is, re, he is uh, saying it is Terp's team that he likes there too. And then, uh, and then um, uh, Cox and Holly saying that they're adding much, much more on this team, I assume, at tight end as well. I mean, you don't have to add a whole lot stacked. more. I mean, things yeah, have really come for the rest around. of everybody, guys. Like You don't need to lo load it up even more here. Uh, I know you're going for a million bucks, but share the wealth. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, something else that – and I can't remember who pointed this out. Was it Broward Bravado that pointed out the uh, – the Brown stack here for, yeah, it is Broward Bravado talking about Rich Bill. You grabbing um, uh, uh, Elijah Moore or not Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones here in the 14th to go along with Watson and, and Elijah Moore. And at Turp, I think that's interesting too because not all stacks have to be done early. You can get stacks later on, which is what Rich Bill you did here at the four with Watson, Moore, and now DPJ. 100%. I mean, the Browns are a team that you could get creative with stacking. I mean, Amari Cooper's not not crazy. You can easily get him in the fourth round of most drafts. And then, obviously, Elijah Moore, he's falling down a little bit to, you know, seventh, eighth round. You can pick him up. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones, and, and we obviously talked about Njoku. I mean, certain teams you just like stacking because they're cheap. I mean, we've talked about a mm -hmm. bunch of them. And, and this is just another one that just makes a ton of sense. I mean, the Browns are a team which I think is going to take it to the next level this year. Love Deshaun Watson. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. If I don't get one of the top guys, um, he's definitely a guy I'm targeting. So big, big fan of that draft. One of the best so far. Uh, I missed your pick because I was blabbering so much here. At the 15-10, you finally got your back up to Mark Andrews. Hunter Henry is the choice there as tight end 26. I was talking him up a couple hours ago on the HSFF show. But uh, tell us why you like Hunter Henry at this point in the draft. I mean, Bradley Salter is the guy that got me on him. I mean, I liked him, but I didn't like actually like look into it. And he, I talked to him a bunch before the draft that we did. And he, I mean, Hunter Henry, he has ranked, I think it's the 12th or 10th, 10th or 12th ranked tight end this year, um, which is just an eye opener. Anytime you see guys that make like bold predictions like that, you mm -hmm. actually got to look into it a little bit more. And he's right. Hunter Henry plays tight end. Mike Jusecki doesn't. Um, yeah. Jusecki's more of like a, you know, receiver type of thing. Let me make this pick real quick. Yeah, Terp is on the clock here at the 16.03. Just took uh, Hunter Henry, and then he goes after another Packer here. And again, I just told you, you don't have to build stacks early. Sometimes they can come together late. Christian Watson in the fourth. Jordan Love, it is the summer of love as you get him in the 16th round. It's a bet that I've made, and I got to stick with it. I mean, I'll take Jordan Love as my backup quarterback if I draft a backup quarterback. I feel like anybody in the top five, I probably would have passed on a backup quarterback and, and just – God forbid something happens to the guy, you're probably in trouble. But, you know, with Trevor Lawrence being just a little bit on the fringe, I feel like getting a guy like Jordan Love paired with, obviously, Christian Watson just makes a ton of sense. You know, it gives me a little bit of an out where I don't got to dumpster dive on the free agent, you know, wire with some of these guys who just probably aren't league winners at quarterback. So I'm a big fan of Christian. I'm a big fan of Christian Watson, obviously. And then, you know, pairing him with Jordan Love just makes a ton of sense for this team. Yeah, and I know um, the report. It's so weird because I, I pay attention to what the beat writers are saying, the people that are actually at practice every day. 
And there is so many people. I know like Rob Domofsky is kind of down on what Jordan Love's done so far. And then I read some of these other writers that are that are there, like Paul Brettel and, and, and for Packers Wire USA Today. And he's talking up that Love's been one of the best standouts of camp so far. So everybody's seeing something it's different. It's just so right? hard to trust these beat, beat writers. I mean, yeah. you just don't know who has a bias, who doesn't have a bias. You know, got, it's just it's just such a, a wild card. Yeah, it's, it is wild uh, for sure. Can you finish your thought on Henry? Was it just that – you know, he's going to be seeing more snaps because he's more of a tight end than Jasicki is. He's just another guy that I go back to the, could he easily be the second receiver on the team? He obviously can. Jonu Smith is not there anymore. Mike Jasicki has been a flop his whole career. I mean, I was hoping he went to a better spot personally for fantasy wise. It just definitely does not fit fantasy, you know, with Mark Mac Jones, new offensive quarter. Hopefully Bill O'Brien mixes it up. Um, but I feel like Henry could be right up there because who's ahead of him? You know, who's ahead of him receiver-wise? It really scares you. Devontae Parker, yeah, he's got paid, but, I mean, he's inconsistent. Tyquan Thornton, we all know my thoughts on Juju. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not really anybody that, that really puts any fear in you. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy. Is he a league winner? No. But is he a guy that could get you a solid five for 75, you know, maybe sneaking the end zone here and there? I think he can as a backup tight end that hopefully I never have to use. I'm fine with that. It was either him or Kate Otten. I mean, Michael Mayer was a guy that got picked right before me. They were the three guys I had in the queue. So I was fine with any of them. The three guys at my probably most popular late round targets, you know, at the current drafting cycle we're in right now. So overall, I'm happy. Uh, speaking of the 15th round, let's get you through it here. Tom Smith, uh, team yum yums ends up taking uh, K.J. Osborne to kick things off, followed by Russell Wilson, the backup Jalen Hurts for John Terry. Gus Edwards, the Baltimore Ravens running back, is the fifth running back chosen by Nick Wickoff. Um, Michael, yeah, Michael Gallup. I'm reading that right. Good Lord. It's late. Michael Gallup goes to Rich Billiard. Chuba Hubbard after that to the number five team. That's Cox and Hawley. Pair of defenses then, the Niners to Greenberg. Uh, Cowboys go to King State Kings. Ezekiel Elliott, the free agent running back, maybe coming back to Dallas, maybe not. He goes to Louis Marini's squad there. The third straight tight end and fourth overall tight end drafted by Matthew Book is Michael Mayer. Hunter Henry to turf after that. Justin Tucker, first kicker off the board to Whistle Pig's uh, Whistle Pig. That's Eric Henley. And then Hayden Hurst, the final pick of the 15th round, the number two tight end drafted by Yvonne Lindauer. She also kicks off round 16 with Daneric Prince. Jelani Woods after that to Eric Henley. Uh, you already heard the uh, Jordan Love pick to Terp. John Mechie off the board to Matthew Book. The Jets defense, so two defenses to Louis Marini's here uh, squad here in the 16th round. And Ezekiel Elliott. And Elliott. Elliot. Ab- ab- absolutely. Uh, Alec Pierce, uh, wide receiver 71 to uh, King State King. Second kicker off the board to Adam Greenberg here at the 1607. Luke Musgrave adding to the youth movement at tight end for Kilmer's Coyotes. That's uh, Justin Cox and Steve Hawley. They grab another young tight end there in Luke Musgrave. Dawson Knox, uh, tight end 30 tonight to Power Sweep. Boy, a lot of tight ends. Turp, is it just me or is there a lot of tight ends going off the board tonight? A ton. I mean, it's just the only thing is like, these are best ball builds. I mean, I, I know one of these guys could emerge, but like, I'm just looking at the Gusecki McBride mayor team. I think you guys said there's a fourth tight end. Mm-hmm. Who are you starting? I mean, I know these guys can be used as flexes and I get all that stuff, but like the first couple of weeks, I mean, you're pretty much playing Russian roulette a little bit. Like who are you using? Who's a guy that you can depend on like kind of situation. So it's dangerous when you don't get one of these elite tight ends. Um, and, and it could lead to, you know, you being way behind in the position, especially against, you know, the Kelsey's, Andrews, Hawkinson's of the world. 
Um, Van Jefferson, Paris Campbell, Ty Chandler complete the 16th round to wick off um, Terry and Smith. I want to get back to that squad, uh, the nine spot that's drafting next to you. You know, when you talk about Schultz, Gesicki, McBride, Mayer, is there something to be said of, of him liking his running backs and receivers to the point where he's just going to wait till the buys hit where he has three or four weeks of a sample size for these tight ends and he's fine releasing two of them maybe um, to, to waivers and he's just going to keep the two that hit? Is there something to that or am I reading too much into that? No, nah, I mean, there's definitely something to it. It's just a question of, you know, there's just so many, you know, pitfalls in my opinion because – all three of them could easily flop. Like I, we talked about Hunter Henry versus Mike Jacecki. Mm-hmm. You know, Trey McBride, I love. He's my highest known tight end. Michael Mayer is one of my highest known tight ends. But it's just hard to, like, determine which guy you're going to play one week. And, and and this is a, you know, a week-by-week type of situation. In the FFPC regular season, you don't get a lot of wiggle room of making mistakes and, and losing games and putting yourself behind on the eight ball with points. So, you know, when it comes to the tight end position – you look at what Travis Kelsey did last year. Obviously, that was like you know a little, you know, outlier. But mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey teams just dominated everybody. So you look at it like that. It's it's dangerous to wait on tight end and not just you know pick two guys and just like hope they're right. Terp, you're trying to dominate this draft. Here. You're on deck here. Nope, I take that back. You are now on the clock as MVS is the pick before you. Now Matthew Book. What are you thinking here, my friend, at the 17-10? Oh, a high upside receiver. Tell us why everybody is sleeping on Justin Ross. Getting a lot of positive press in camp. He's a wild card. He's a guy that could easily be cut, and nobody would think anything different. Um, but he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. We don't know what's going on with Tony. And there's a lot of other question marks, like MBS, don't care. Justin Watson, don't care. Richie James is a nice story, but don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Ross has the pedigree. You know, obviously he had the injury at Clemson, but before then he was a just an absolute monster. So I like the pick. I feel like he's, you know, perfect seventh receiver on this team. He's a guy that I might never use and I might cut right away, but he gives me enough upside to where maybe it turns into, you know, something that could be a starter down the road, especially on bye weeks. Yeah, I, like, I think the Ross pick is is exactly what you're looking for at this point in the draft. The guy that he fits all the main criteria, right? A guy with upside, a guy on a really good offense, a guy that you can cut right away if you need a spot. Like that's what you're looking for. Like if he if he doesn't swing, hit the home run right away, then and he strikes out the first three or four weeks, and then you need somebody for a bye week. Makes perfect sense there. Uh, and then you grab another guy with uh, with some upside here. Uh, tell us a little bit about Keontae Ingram, your 1803 selection. I mean, he's just the guy that I'm betting on later in the season. James Conner's going to be a bell call, bell cow. All I'm hoping he does is when he's healthy. Yeah, when he's healthy. healthy. I'm just hoping that I hear positive things in the preseason that Keontae Ingram is the guy, the backup. That's all I care about. I'm not expecting him early in the season to do anything for me. If he does, that's great. If James Conner gets hurt, that's great too. I hope that doesn't happen because, like I said, I have a lot of James Conner. But Ingram's a guy that when they're – one in 11 at the end of the season, they might just be like, all right, James Conner, you gave us all you had. You know, we're going to dial your carries back and we're going to see if this rookie got anything to see what we have. And, and that's exactly what I want. And with drafting a guy like Keontae Ingram on this build, all I'm trying to do is survive the regular season, get to the dance and, and have these one of, you know, a couple of these running backs emerge with the receivers that I drafted and the upside plays at receivers, obviously with Lawrence and then Andrews. 
two of these guys hit, so I'm asking for, and I think Ingram could be one of those guys. Well, and, and the other thing to keep in mind, it's like, you know, it, it's August 3rd. The Cardinals aren't in action for a little bit over the uh, a month. I mean, there's a chance that Connor, you know, knock on wood, um, but he could go down. And then 100%. all of a sudden, Ingram shoots up, you know, what, 10 and rounds? Honestly, probably, eight rounds? I don't know another guy on the depth chart, so I don't right. think he drafted anybody. So, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of, of unknowns, and I mean, he's a guy they spent capital on last year. So he's definitely a guy that, you know, they should be given a good look to. Obviously, he has to stay healthy and, and you know, figure it out. But if he does, I'll take my chances. Uh, 17th round, Alan Lazard at the 1701, followed by Adam Thielen to John Terry, the Baltimore Ravens defense at the 1703. Joshua Kelly is selected as the number five running back for Rich Bilyeu squad. Logan Thomas, the number four running back, second consecutive, uh, I beg your pardon, Logan Thomas, the number four tight end, second consecutive tight end, and third tight end drafted in the last four rounds for Cox and Hawley, Dwayne McBride and Deion Jackson, a couple of backup running backs to Greenberg and King State Kings. Tyler Conklin off the board to uh, Louis Marini's squad as his number three tight end, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Justin Ross, pair of Chiefs receivers. Obviously, Ross going to the Terps team there. Zach Evans and Richie James complete the 17th round. You know, Cam Akers is a guy that um, if he were to go down, there's not a lot to like on the depth chart. Sony Michelle just signed there and then basically retired almost right away after that. Um, and when you look at the other guys in, in be, behind Akers, does Zach Evans do anything for you here, Turp Late? Have you been drafting any Evans? Because these are injury away type players that that we always. I'm play. making a bet on Cam Akers, and, and Cam Akers is probably one of my highest owned running backs. So I'm making the bet on him. You know, if Zach Evans, I guess maybe potential Kyron Williams. I mean, it's just an ugly situation. If mm-hmm. Akers goes down. It could be really, really dusty there. And, and the good thing about Akers is I really feel like McVay is going to use his head in this preseason. You shouldn't see Stafford. You shouldn't see Akers. You shouldn't see Cup, obviously. And then you shouldn't see Higby. I see the Rams just going, putting out all these, you know, guys that are trying to make other rosters, you know, trying to make their, you know, 53-man as backups. And, and most of these guys should make it through the preseason healthy. And that's exactly what you want as a fantasy owner drafting this early or, you know, the hundreds of draft we've all drafted so far. Um, so when it comes to these backups, they're not they're none that I'm interested in. New Orleans Saints is the first squad uh, or first pick chosen in the 18th round. Uh, Yvonne Lindauer, Tank Dell, who Dizzle was commenting on, he liked the Eric Henley pick of Tank Dell at the 1802. Keontae Ingram to Turp, followed by his real life teammate Kyler Murray backing up Joe Burrow for Matthew Book. Kareem Hunt, the free agent running back. Going off the board to Louis Marini's squad, Harrison Bucker will be handling the kicking duties for Kings State Kings. Brock Purdy, a guy who's uh, thrown, what, 110 passes a day, something like that in San Francisco, only having uh, mild soreness, which apparently is normal. That's that's what he always had last year when he wasn't hurt. Purdy backing up Patrick Mahomes for Adam Greenberg. Um, what's crazy? The the Purdy news or that, that uh, Greenberg? Purdy's going in the 18th round. I mean, I don't, oh, okay. we talked about this last the last draft. Last yes, draft we did. We did. And I don't understand, like, why is he not moving up a little bit more? Like he was outstanding last year. Yeah. Like I know he doesn't have the rushing ability, but he has all the weapons. And I mean, you saw the Seattle game, in the playoffs. I mean, he was a, a monster. Yeah. Obviously it, it tailed off. He got hurt and the Eagles beat him up, but still like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very surprised that Purdy hasn't moved up draft boards. Like Purdy versus Russell Wilson. Like, Obviously, I like Russell Wilson more, and I'm a Russell Wilson guy, but, like, how do you not draft Purdy over Russell Wilson? And I'm almost wondering, too, like, Greenberg's looking at this like, my God, I, I have Mahomes. I wasn't 
planning on back drafting a backup quarterback here, but I got to take Brock Purdy off the board before somebody else takes him here. That could be it too. I don't know. Bill's defense at the 1808, Kenny McIntosh and Malik Davis pair backup running backs to Bill you and uh, Wickoff. Then you're looking at Kate Otten as the number three tight end drafted by John Terry, Clyde Edwards, Alaire at the 1812 hashtag Aiden LaCorey, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire final pick of the 18th. Round. I almost took him instead of Keontae Ingram just to piss him off. <laughs> so I, know, I know he's probably tuning in, just rolling his eyes every time he sees CEH. Is he, if he saw my CEH ownership, he probably rolls his eyes even more. But I mean, I feel like that's a backfield you got to take chances on. I'm betting against Pacheco in most spots. So we'll see. Uh, let's go to a question in the YouTube chat. Earl Buddy, uh, Fly Beats posting in there right now. He says one of his most owned players because he drafts him in the last two rounds of, of drafts. He wants to know how we feel about Marvin Jones. Six games is the number two uh, in Detroit. And obviously, Jamison Williams is going to be out those first six games, which means Marvin Jones should catch a lot of passes. I like the idea of drafting Marvin Jones late. The thing is, you don't have any bye weeks in the first four weeks or whatever it is, so it's going to be difficult to start Jones in those games. But maybe you could because, Terp, I think the Lions' defense is going to be terrible this year, and I think Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Laporta, Gibbs, I think they all put up numbers this year. I agree with the thought process, but you have to ask yourself the question, like, are you sure that Marvin Jones is the number two option? It's not Josh Reynolds. It's not Raymond. It's not Laporta. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're well, only yeah. going to get him. Once Jamison Williams gets back, I know he's not had a good camp, and I know the coaches are saying he has stone hands or whatever the Dan Yeah, Campbell what was that? Is. I, he, he's my that – guy, that guy, I don't – everybody loves him. I don't I don't think he's a good – I think he's a good motivator, and I think he's a good leader, but, like, is he a good coach? That's my I mean, I just never saw – I never saw a coach come out and say, yeah, this guy we drafted in the first round, he's never going to have elite hands, but his – his speed is going to make him okay. Like what? I don't yeah, know if that's, I maybe it's a motivation I don't, that I don't know. All. It made no sense to me. Uh, Dan Campbell's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Uh, so I'll, he, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. I'll maybe give him the benefit of the doubt too. But like, like you said, once Jameson Williams comes back, I mean, you're talking about Gibbs out of the backfield. You're talking about Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Where does Marvin Jones fit in there? I mean, yeah, do you have him for, you have him for six weeks? Of course, but in a league that's this. Are you really going to start 19th round Marvin Jones over who? Like where? What? Where is your out to Marvin Jones? Like Even to if me, he has a big week one, it, are yeah. you going to use him week two? Yeah, that, that's and that's a question you're going to have to ask yourself because uh, because it's it's going to be tough. Um, Dizzle chiming in with his thoughts on Dan. Thank Campbell you. In the YouTube chat right now agreeing with absolutely. Him. He's um, a leader of men. He's a good motivator. He can get teams ready, but can he actually coach? And that's that's where my worry is the Lions this year because they 19- have the talent. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, 19th round Jaguars and Patriots defense kick things off here, followed by a couple of kickers. Carlson and Tyler Bass, Kenny Pickett backing up Justin Fields here for Kilmer's Coyotes. DJ Chark, Evan Hall. Ooh, Evan Hall is interesting there at the 1907, the King State Kings. Cameron Dicker, the kicker, goes to Louis Marini's team. Uh, Terp, uh, no, you didn't take the Broncos defense. You took Young Hui Koo as your kicker. uh, Is he the kicker for the Falcons? I would assume so. I haven't heard anybody else. I I have not looked one thing about kickers. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, like not even. I put two guys in the queue, and they both got taken right before Dicker and, and the Denver defense. That's who I was, you know, targeting, just because I knew they were actually on the team. So I hope he's still the kicker. I know he was like a All Pro two years ago. So yeah, I guess I got to look that up. If not, I better figure out free agency. Yeah, you, soon, got, you but, got you got two preseason waiver wires in the fantasy. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. I don't got to use them on a kicker, but or a defense, but. 
Well, you never know. Maybe Koo, if he's not with the Falcons, maybe he signs with somebody else. You know, Green Bay's kicker that they drafted has looked awful so far I heard he's been in, in practice. Terrible. Yeah, so you never know. I follow one of the beat writers, and I'm just like, every time it's like, miss, miss, miss. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been great. Uh, Dolphins defense, uh, penultimate pick in the 19th round, Jake Moody, uh, the kicker with the final pick of the 19th round. Get you through the remainder of the draft here. Sean Tucker and Eric Gray to Lindauer and Henley. Uh, Terp took the uh, Steelers defense here at the 2003, followed by Jason Myers, Matt Collins, Devontae Parker uh, to uh, King State Kings there at Team 7, Israel Banacanda, who got in the end zone in the Hall of Fame game tonight, of which the uh, Browns won 21-16 over the New York Jets. Uh, Greg Zerline off the board, the Kilmers Coyotes, the Packers defense, Puka Nakua at the 2010 for uh, Nicholas Wick, uh, Wickoff, and then a pair of kickers, Brandon McManus to John Terry, Jake Elliott to the 2012. Okay. Let's get into the Terp analysis of his squad. Uh, tonight, Terp ends up coming away with a team with quarterbacks Trevor Lawrence and Jordan Love. He comes away with his running backs of Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Kendra Miller, Jeff Wilson, Deontay Foreman, and Keontae Ingram. The receivers are Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, Gabe Davis, Jalen Hyatt, and Justin Ross. Tight ends Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry, kickers Young Hui Koo, and the defense is the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you were to grade this draft, Terp, what kind of grade would it be? I would put it in the, in the range of B minus and B. Um, I like to be brutally honest with myself. Um, the Lamar Herbert thing really set me for a little bit of a loop. I probably pushed Christian Kirk up a little bit, but once I, I pushed him up, Trevor Lawrence just made too much sense. Um, to me, he's the last elite quarterback, you know, not named Deshaun Watson. So, you know, after that, it's a huge drop off, in my opinion. So it comes down, but at the end of the day, this team comes down to one thing and one thing only, and that's the running backs. If I get these running backs to emerge, I'll be there. I'll be in the running. Um, love the receivers. How many, of them need, how, how many of them need to hit? Do you need to hit on three? I would say three is a good number. I'd prefer okay. four, but three is a good number. I'm banking on Antonio Gibson being, you know, day one. You know, like I said, he's my number one running back. So, you know. He's a guy that I've been targeting a bunch, and I'm happy with him. I would prefer him to be my running back too. But you mm-hmm. know, with this build and how you know the draft fell, you know, it was it was kind of a no brainer at that spot. And I just got to survive, in my opinion, the first couple of weeks and hope some of these guys emerge. You know, like we talk about James Conner. You know, if Roshan Johnson you know doesn't pan out or Cleo Herbert gets hurt, Foreman could be a guy in that offense. Mm-hmm. You know, no Dalvin Cook, Jeff Wilson. You know, he had a solid season last year. You know. Before, you know, he always gets hurt, you yeah. know, and before the rookie emerges. I mean, Kendra Miller, if Alvin Kamara gets a bigger game suspension than we're thinking, that could be a, you know, week one starter type of situation. So it's just, you know, Charbonnet, is Kenneth Walker really healthy or is the growing, you know, something that's going to linger throughout the season? That that right there is is the pick that could win it all for me. Yeah, yeah that's and a when great it comes point. down to it, you know, it, that's the pick. If, I, if I'm going to, you know, point to two picks, it's going to be Charbonnet and Kendra Miller. If they... If things work out and there, I could easily see them being my two guys that I can carry with Antonio Gibson and the running backs. I drafted Mark Andrews for a reason, you know, quarterbacks, no issues there. You know, I think the depth at receiver is solid. I like the height and the raw pick. you know, Gabe Davis is, is a guy that is getting talked up by a lot of people, you know, in camp about having a big camp. And, and, you know, last year was just, he was injured. And then, you know, a lot of things just didn't work out high powered offense. So we'll see. I like to I like to be brutally honest with my team. I like to rip on other people's team, but I also like to rip on my own team. I drafted <laughs> a best ball the other day, and 
Austin Martin was in the draft, who I've done these things a couple times with. And I got done, and I was like, I'm never signing up for a two o'clock Wednesday draft again. <laughs> I literally won. I was sitting at, I was sitting at work. I'm like, I'm bored. I'm not doing anything. Let me just mess around and get one of these drafts. Figuring it'd be like a bunch of just like people are just hanging out. This draft was like Snipe City. I was 12 and I hate the 12th pick. It's just like, there's no fun in the draft. And I felt like he was sniping me. He was 10. And then everybody, there was like 10 out of 12 were badges. Mm-hmm. That's never a good thing you want to see. So just try to well, add as much as possible. I mean, we got a ton of drafts coming up. Yeah, and I was just going to say, this will not be your last foray into going for the million bucks. And you never know how these teams can turn out as well. Uh, we follow, we will continue to follow you on Twitter at Dave Turp. Now, you are on Sunday night with Aiden LaCorey, right? Sunday night, we'll start our main event live coverages. Um, and we'll be doing it every Sunday up until we leave for Vegas. I think there's five total. I could be yeah, wrong, but I think it's five. And yep. We obviously have the fantasy pro coverage um, Tuesdays. every Tuesday coming up. We also are going to mix in a live dynasty draft. We'll see how that oh goes. Boy. And then a super flex draft. We're going to mix in on a random. I think I think one night we're doing fantasy pros at seven, and then super flex at ten, one random Tuesday. So we got a big schedule coming up in August. I mean, if you haven't signed up for the main event yet, get over there. We're talking about a million dollars. I mean, if you don't, people always say like you don't want to spend eighteen hundred bucks, two grand, sixteen hundred bucks, whatever it is. Get four or five friends together. We'll figure it out. I mean, the guys that won a million, a million last year, 500000 the year before, three guys put their money together, and now they have their $1.5 million richer. Nothing plenty of outs. There's plenty of ways to get in. If you're a first-time guy, just get on there and, and just ask a question, and we'll figure it out how to get there. Uh, at Dave Turp on Twitter, Dave, great draft tonight. Good job. Uh, and I won't see you on Sunday, but I'll, I'll probably be watching the, uh, the maiden event coverage with you and Aiden LaCorey, dude. Uh, Keep up the great work, and we'll talk with you again real soon. See you soon, bud. Dave Terpoli, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him on Twitter, at Dave Terp. That is going to complete tonight's uh, uh, proceedings here. I want to thank Dave. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for watching. Um, If you say, Balky, I'm I'm digging this live draft coverage. You've only done four of them this week, including pros versus Joes. We're going to set a record tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing, for the first time ever, five live streams of drafts in one week tomorrow night an hour earlier on another high stakes fantasy football hour episode nine eight central it'll be myself uh covering uh another fantasy pros draft with one of the drafters a guy you guys know jay reed from uh the chasing the helmet podcast he's going to be my co-host and he's drafting tomorrow as well so that's going to be a blast remember we start one hour earlier at 9, 8 central. In case you missed the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network or any of the FFPC social media channels, you can go back and watch that with yours truly and Fantasy Pros and Razzball's Nate Polvote. Uh, a lot of fun with that uh, two-hour broadcast tonight. Had a blast with him. Uh, that show will return this coming Thursday with the Fantasy Sanctuary and Fantasy Pros' Tom Strachan. He'll be my guest host, uh, guest co-host at 7, 6 central this coming Thursday. As Terp said, Win a million bucks in the FFPC main event. Win a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship. First time ever, we're offering two separate million-dollar grand prizes. Take advantage of that while you can. I'm looking at the draft I'm commissioning at midnight here in about 17 minutes. There are still a few spots uh, available in that, and they will count for the weekday giveaway. So make sure if you register for this draft and you draft it tonight, you'll be in that drawing for tomorrow morning to see if you can win a $350 entry into the Fantasy Pros Championship, maybe win a million bucks based on a free team. Fantasy football year-round is something we're very proud of at the FFPC. You can do that with Dynasty Leagues, ranging anywhere from $100 up to $5,000. 
And uh, we've had 1,400 plus leagues over the last 10 plus years. Not a single one's ever folded. MyFFPC.com is where to go for that. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this video. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Your weekend officially starts a little early right now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Remember to register for that Fantasy Pros Championship draft that starts in about 16 minutes here. And uh, also, and I, I can't remember if I just said this or not, we're on an hour early tomorrow. So it'll be 9 p.m. Eastern time instead of 10. We'll probably go to about 10.30 or 11, myself and Jay Reed with the live Fantasy Pros draft coverage tomorrow night. Thanks for watching, everybody. Be safe, and we will see you again in less than 24 hours.